The Millennium Alliance is thrilled to present our 2021 Digital Enterprise Innovator of the Year Award. This was obviously such a critical year for innovation and technology. And as you've likely seen throughout the event so far, we've had you know, many fantastic executives that were nominated for this award. And we're lucky to be working with each and every one of you. But of course, there could only be one winner. So we are here with Jerry Martin Flickinger, our winner of the 2021 Digital Enterprise Innovator of the Year Award. And congratulations, Jerry. Thank you, Greg. Oh, what a pleasure to be here and what an honor to receive this award. So thank you so much. It was a complete surprise and I'm thrilled and I'm thrilled for the team, the team that really makes it happen at Starbucks. Well, we are honored to have you. And just to give you a little bit of background, Jerry's held numerous senior leadership roles at organizations, including Adobe, McAfee, and Chevron. And she's currently leading the global technology organization at Starbucks as EVP and CTO. Jerry's the leader behind the technology strategy that really plays a critical part in propelling the Starbucks mission forward and you know, empowering partners and delighting customers globally. I know I'm one of them. So, so Jerry, thank you again for being here and accepting our Innovator of the Year Award. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Let's dive in. I really want to make the most of, of having you here. We're so excited for that and all of the great things that Starbucks is doing. So Starbucks has, has become well known as a technology company. So I'm just curious how this came about and how you've contributed to the success of this thus far. Yeah, boy, I love that, the comment of Starbucks as a technology company. And I actually think today, every company is a technology company. And if you aren't, you need to be. In the case of Starbucks, if you think about the legacy of Starbucks, it's a 50-year-old company. And for many, 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 many of those years, the most important technology in the store was the point of sale, literally the cash register, right? And I would say that when I joined Starbucks six years ago, um, it was still the key part of the store. It was the cash register. And a lot has changed in the past six years about consumer preference and how consumers purchase coffee. I'm going to ask you a question, Greg. How do you order your coffee at Starbucks today? Primarily on my phone, which, uh, exactly. which was not always the case. Exactly. And six years ago, you probably didn't have that option in your neighborhood store. So, you know, we've really come from a place where technology was very uh, transactional, a very small part of what it takes to, took to run a retail business. And today it's critical for everything. It's how we take orders from consumers. It's how we order product into the store. It's how we monitor that the coffee machines are operated at peak efficiency. You know, it's IoT, it's data, it's predictive analytics, it's automated ordering. Um, and it's this amazing consumer experience interface. So how do you do all of that at the same time making the store still about the human connection? And that is really what has been such a delight and so much fun at Starbucks. It's not about just getting the tech right. It's about getting the tech right to make the human connection more valuable and effective. So I'm guessing when you order your coffee at Starbucks, you really love that moment of connection with the barista. Like a robot doesn't hand you that coffee, a human does. And, you know, probably they say, good morning, Greg. They probably know you if you're a regular. Um, they may even ask you about something in your life or your day. And so that's really what Starbucks is about. The technology is there to make it more seamless and easy. So that's, that's kind of what we are. Well, the customer experience is, you know, right there at the top um, of, of any companies that I, you know, deal with. So I, I think many people would, would agree with that. 
so that's the perfect segue into, into the next question here. You know, you guys have really been at the forefront of AI and robotic technology innovations. Can you share with us a fun story about these customer-facing innovations that Starbucks is rolling out? Because I know there's there's quite a few yeah. of them that you have. There are quite a few, and I'd love to start by, you know, there's a lot of technologists on this call. So I want to start by talking about how you have to get the tech right before you can do some of the cool stuff. Um, because often all of us sit in boardrooms where everybody wants to talk about the cool stuff, but the cool stuff doesn't happen without the foundation. And so two things in order to get to the fun stuff is making sure that you've really got an established architecture, especially in these high volume transaction businesses that can deal with that wealth of data in real time and in an effective way. And that has to be data, not just about the retail purchase transaction, but also things like um, how many shots have come out of the espresso machine? What is the temperature of the refrigerator in the back? What is the weather outside? Like there is a lot of data in every one of our 30,000 stores around the world that we have to collect. So you have to have an architecture that can actually deal with that amount of data at the edge and send what's important into some way that you can do the type of magic we do on the consumer app. You also have to be able to architect that data in the right way so that you can actually do AI and machine learning on top of it. I mean, most folks who are in the discipline will say that AI and ML is only as good as your data. If you don't have good data and a lot of it, it's really hard to train a model. So we, are, we were fortunate to spend quite a few years getting that right so that when we were ready to start unleashing some really fun AI for our customers and our, our partners, which is what we call our employees, uh, we were ready. Okay, so now let me answer your question. What, what is fun and exciting that we're doing? Well, if you think about a Starbucks drink, it is kind of interesting to think about as a, as a manufactured in the moment product. It actually is manufactured from different component parts. If you want to get a latte, there is some espresso shots and there is some kind of milk. And you might want almond milk and I might want cow milk and someone else might want some other kind of, of milk. And we have to assemble that in the moment. You might want your latte extra hot. I might want mine a little bit cooler. So why I'm bringing that up is because the, the thing I'm going to tell you that's fun is harder than it sounds. <laughs> The fun thing that we're doing is if you go to drive throughs now in many of our drive through locations, what you see on the menu board is going to be customized. And it's going to be customized based on the time of day. It's going to be customized based on what's selling well. It's going to be customized based on the weather. It's going to be customized based on what we've already prepared in the food case that we need to clear by the end of the day. So there is an algorithm that actually considers all those characteristics and in the moment personalizes that drive-through menu. And the reason I'm connecting these two stories to tell you that you've got to get that data architecture right in order to do that other thing is think about it for a minute. If you run out of all almond milk in the store, and we all know supply chain challenges are all across the US, you don't want to not sell any lattes. You just don't want to sell lattes with almond milk. Well, how do you put that on the menu? It's not like a latte is a thing. A latte is a combination of component parts. So for those of you who are data geeks, I mean, that'll make a lot of sense. It means you've got to have your data master at the very beginning, correct? So you can do this really cool machine learning in the moment 
expression to the customer. So that's a long answer to what, what you probably thought was going to be a really awesome answer. But the, next time you go into a drive-thru, think about that menu board and all that's going on behind it in real time. Yeah, well, it's certainly interesting. You know, many people probably don't realize everything that goes on behind the scene for them to have that experience. Yeah. We're certainly uh, kind of the, the wizard behind the curtain making a lot of that happen. So since we are here to discuss your achievement of Millennium Alliance Innovator of the Year, what was the big, one of the biggest challenges that Starbucks faced during the pandemic? Because you know, I know obviously most companies face one unique challenge or another. Yeah, well, I think we probably just faced the same types of challenges everyone else faced. And some of them we managed through brilliantly and other ones we sort of learned as we went. You know, I think the first thing that all of us faced was having 100% work from home literally overnight. Um, that was 20 months ago. And we have not been back at our corporate offices since. The resiliency that we've seen from our partners, their ability to continue to deliver and innovate has been truly inspirational. I don't know that we've done anything particularly unique, but I do want to share a few stories that I think really showed our culture coming through during the pandemic. And I'm not sure this is technology innovation at all, but it is about human connection. One of the things at Starbucks that is very core to our, our values is, of course, coffee and coffee knowledge and coffee quality. So we start many of our meetings with a coffee tasting, much like you would have a wine tasting. You will sample a cup of coffee and someone will describe the flavors, the origin of the coffee, many times some really interesting facts about um, how we harvest it or how we process the coffee. Unfortunately, when pandemic happens, it's kind of hard to bring people together and have a coffee tasting, but we didn't let that tradition go. So for example, every time we would have a new cohort of new technology partners, I would lead a 12-week coffee academy tasting with those new partners. And we would get on a Teams call, uh, much like this, and we would taste coffee together and talk about coffee every single week. It was about a 20-minute coffee tasting, and it was there to continue to instill the culture of coffee, even if we couldn't be in the same room. And, you know, at first it felt a little awkward, but it was quite amazing how quickly we could adapt and have those same kind of human connections, even without being in the same room. Now, I say all of that, and, and you asked me a question about innovator of the year, and, and sometimes being an innovator in technology is making sure the technology just works so it doesn't get in the way of people connecting. And we were fortunate enough and had a tremendous team in technology that literally overnight took a culture that was 100% in-person workforce and turned them into a 100% remote workforce without dropping a beat. It was phenomenal. Um, I would say that Starbucks as a culture before the pandemic, we did not have a culture of video meetings. We just didn't. We didn't have a culture of dialing people into meetings. It wasn't part of our coffee house culture. Our culture was about person to person. So I think part of innovating sometimes isn't about the new shiny object. It's about making sure the technology works seamlessly. Now, we also did some shiny object things, of course, at the same time. Everything from more intelligence and more personalization on our applications, um, more work around data and machine learning to automate and optimize our store production, uh, machine learning around labor scheduling to try to help optimize and ensure we had enough partners and baristas in stores where we needed them, and a tremendous amount of AI along our supply chain because individual component parts became scarce in the broader U.S. supply chain. We had to 
adjust really rapidly for that in our stores. So lots of shiny object things. I would say the most important thing during the pandemic has been though, how do you maintain the seamless human interaction? Well, thank you for sharing that story, Jerry. And that's no small feat. You know, I mean, I think a lot of organizations, you know, uh, were very uh, challenged to, to maintain that human touch, you know, being virtual. And it sounds like you guys really uh, hit the ball out of the park on that one. So I think it's just a testament to the culture of Starbucks and, and what's been developed over there. So what's something that you'd like your fellow colleagues at this event to take away as we head into 2022? It's hard to believe it's right around the corner. You know, one of the things many um, of us have been talking about in, in boardrooms across the U.S. and in executive suites is inclusion and diversity and equity. And, and that's no surprise to anyone. I'll tell you one thing that's been on my mind a lot lately and some things that we are doing about it. And I hope others are, are also thinking about this challenge. If you think about college graduates with computer science degrees, and all of us are trying to hire that same population of employee, there aren't coming out of colleges enough diverse candidates for the demand we all have. I want to see more diverse candidates graduating. And that is a that is a real challenge. You know, it it is it is something that's going to make it difficult for us to all continue to provide equitable opportunity for all. So one of the things, one of the programs that Starbucks has that I am incredibly proud of is Starbucks College Achievement Program, which has been around for years, which um, provides a free college education at Arizona State University for anyone who works 20 hours or more a week. So when you go into your local Starbucks store, 80% of our stores have at least one SCAP student working in the store. We've got over 20,000 Starbucks baristas currently in the program, and we've graduated about 7,000 graduates. Now, the reason I point that out is we have a very, very diverse population in our retail stores. And if we can help that population get an education and start a trajectory for a different economic future, that's huge. Many people see Starbucks as a point in their life. It's not a career. It's a place that someone might be working, you know, between high school and college, or maybe they didn't go to college right away and they needed a job, or maybe they're coming back into the workforce. But for many people, it's a in-between stop. So what we're trying to do with SCAP is give them a trajectory to go forward and economically get onto a different path. Now, why I get really excited about this is as it relates to technology. So we have a lot of technologists who are going through that program. And I've got a couple of stats here that make me so proud. We, we currently have over 1,600 baristas working on their computer science degree. And we've already graduated, oh, I don't know, like 450, will be 500 soon. Um, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you consider there are 300,000 Starbucks baristas, like if we can move this bar, that is talent for all of us. And that gets me really excited. And I, you know, obviously inside Starbucks, we can't hire all of these graduates into technology because we just don't have enough open seats, but all of you can. And so this idea of how do we help build the pipeline for the next generation of technologists with an eye towards diversity and opportunity, I think is incredibly important. So that's something I'm looking forward to and very, very excited about. Yeah, that's an incredible program and, and certainly something that uh, you should be very proud to, to be a part of and, and something hopefully more and more companies will start to do because, yeah, I mean, it's uh, really impacting uh, a lot of lives. In your six years at Starbucks, you've certainly led a successful tech transformation. 
what would you say were your critical success factors? That's a really great question. I get asked that a lot. And so I've, I've, I've thought about it a lot. You know, I think it's been the same a bit everywhere I've been. It all starts with trying to instill a sense of vision and trying to paint a picture that gets people excited. You know, it, and it might not be very sexy. It could just be, wouldn't it be great if we kept the stores up all the time and we didn't have stores telling us when something breaks, but we, t- we know it breaks before they even notice it broke. Um, or it could be something really aspirational, like how do we become the very best consumer-facing application in the world? How do we take that slot? It all starts with a vision, though, and trying to paint a vision of the future for a team. So I would say, number one, wherever you are, you've got to start with a vision and you got to stick with it. Um, I love taglines a little bit because I think if they're simple and, and crisp, it helps people understand what you're what you're going for. So when I first got to Starbucks, we developed the tagline very quickly that said talented technologists delivering today and leading into the future. And what we loved about that was it elevated every single one of our technology partners to feel like, wow, I'm that talented technologist. I'm right in the middle of this vision. It reminded them that they needed to deliver today. Like you have to keep the stores running. You have to get the projects done. You have to answer the phone. You got to do that. But it also acknowledged that these are leaders who are going to help take this company into the next chapter. So talented technologists delivering today and leading into the future. And it's kind of a corny thing, but, you know, taglines can be powerful and it can really start reinforcing what your your mission and your values, what you're trying to instill in the team. You know, another thing we did that was very small, but very important was we changed the name of the group. It's funny because I've told the story to so many people and so many people go, oh, that's so simple. And yet, so let me ask you a question, Greg. When I say IT, what do you think of? Be honest. Information technology, you know, having a support issue, a tech issue. Yeah, you you probably think of the help desk and data centers and something broke. You know, those people who tell you have an outage every, you know, Saturday night to do upgrade. You know, it usually isn't very good stuff, right? When I say technology, what do you think of? Something cutting edge, something that's going to make your life easier. Yeah, so we immediately changed our name to Starbucks Technology. There is no IT department. If I am ever in a meeting with anyone and they use the word IT, I actually stop the meeting and I say, we don't have IT, we have Starbucks technology. Now it's a small thing, but it immediately sort of shifts everyone's mindset that, oh, something's going to be different here. You know, this is a signal that we're going to think about the future in a different way. So those are sort of some of the the people dynamics of what you have to do to make transformation happen. I mean, there's there's clearly technology things you have to do to make trans, uh, transformation happen. I would say the most important of that has been re-architecting the foundation. Six years ago at Starbucks, there was zero cloud-based technology. I don't mean a little, I mean zero. And most of well, pretty much every part of the stack was traditional ERP, you know, point-to-point integrations, pretty traditional. Today, everything that runs your transaction goes through some pretty impressive Azure and AWS cloud code that really works at a phenomenal scale with resiliency. And everything is built 
in the cloud. Um, of course, there are still a few things that are in data centers, um, as in, in most big companies, um, some of the core ERP elements, but everything else is services and microservices at scale. So that's a pretty meaningful technology transition. And a lot of folks go, yeah, 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 cloud, 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 that's kind of old school, but it's pretty hard to move an organization that's never done cloud and doesn't know anything about cloud to that new place without just simply bringing in whole new teams, um, which I would say is the third element of this transformation, which is intellectual curiosity and developing a culture of learning. We have a organization inside Starbucks Technology that focuses on learning journeys and learning programs, including internal expos and opportunities for vendors and suppliers to come in and hold uh, training sessions and talent labs. Of course, we do you know, an annual hackathon, which is quite a big event. Um, and all of these things are designed to help people keep their skills current and to learn new things, even if it isn't in their current day job. So that culture of learning, setting up opportunities to re-architect and giving an inspirational vision for the team, I think are kind of, for me, sort of the cornerstones of what it takes to do tech transformation. Then everything else just becomes getting the work done, you know, doing the projects and, and making it happen and being aligned to the business and, and sharing in that, in that mission. But it's really those three things. Well, that's really interesting, Jerry. And going back to the, uh, the, the name change, it's amazing how one word can just shift a person's perspective entirely. So it sounds like that was a wise choice. And even just, you know, your, your few quick questions to me, it's clear to, uh, that that was a, a good choice, I think. So one last question for you. And then uh, we'll let everyone break for hopefully a Starbucks coffee. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes Starbucks a different kind of company? I know you've talked about some of the different programs and, and unique things you've done, but you know anything else that you want to, to share? Yeah. Well, I think I, I would just come back to where we started. You know, we were talking a little bit about going to a coffee shop, going into a Starbucks store. People are connected to Starbucks. It's about that experience. So, you know, the mission statement for Starbucks is really all about human connection. And that's why it's a different kind of company. You know, we focus on people first, whether that's the customer, the barista, the interaction between our partners, it really is a human-centric company. And that's really what makes it different. But Greg, I have a question for you. My most important question of the day. What is your favorite Starbucks beverage? Certainly a, a cold brew with, with the nitro. Awesome. That's great. And the next time you're in a Starbucks, I want you to think about whatever you order, it is being manufactured in the moment and try to think about the tech behind the scenes, tracking all that inventory. Oof, so much fun. <laughs> and the team, I'll you know, I have to have say, a greater appreciation for it. I, yeah, that's great. And I have one last thing I need to say, you know, getting an award like this is always a personal achievement, but it would not be possible without the amazing team. In fact, I would say the award is really for the team at Starbucks. 1,500 Starbucks technologists that do amazing work every single day. And I'm so very proud of all of them. And if any of you run across any of them or have the opportunity to do business with them, please just thank them for their amazing contributions over the years. Absolutely, Jerry. And congratulations to you as well as your entire team. This is a very well-deserved award. And um, you know we're excited to see all of the innovations that you have in, in store for uh, for the future. But we're honored to have uh, had you join us today. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Millennium Live to listen and learn on life and leadership. 